You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you think of cutting-edge technology, the Pope might not be the first person who comes to mind. But Pope Francis, yep, the head of the Catholic Church, has gotten really into tech the past few years. He's got more Twitter followers than Beyonce. He's held meetings with Mark Zuckerberg and Tim Cook. He's even organized a tech competition and a hackathon for social causes at the Vatican. And now the Catholic Church has designed a new wearable device that's meant to encourage prayer. It's called the E-Rosary. Picture a Fitbit but with beads and a cross that syncs to an app on your smartphone. On today's episode, we're going to investigate this unusual spiritual gadget and ask, can tech like this deepen people's faith? And is this a deviation from how the church has traditionally viewed technology? This is Reset, and I'm Sigal Samuel. Okay, so the Reset team was actually able to get one of these e-rosary bracelets shipped over from Italy. Reset's intrepid host, Ariel, embarked on an elaborate nerd quest to track one down for this show. But since neither she nor I is a devout Catholic, we had to find someone who could test drive the e-rosary for us. My name is Adriana. I'm 26 years old. I was born and raised Catholic, and I grew up in Mexico, and I moved to Texas when I was 14, and then I moved to New York a year and a half ago. I recently got offered a position with the Archdiocese of New York in their Catholic Center, and I'm working with the development department. So we gave Adriana the e-rosary to use over a weekend and had her record an audio diary describing her experience. All right. Hi, everyone. I just received the e-rosary bracelet. So looking at the box, I'm going to open it right now. The bracelet has like the 10 beads of the rosary and then the sensor part is the cross. And it's so light, like the beads are a little bit chunky. At first impression, when I saw it, I was like, oh, that's kind of boyish because they're like big black beads. And like the cross is this like dark gray metal. So I'm really hoping that in the future when this keeps going that they come up with like a more uh, feminine version. Like I am all for uh, rose gold. That's my two cents on that. And I can literally just like slide it into my wrist very easily. Uh, in the box, there is a USB cord, uh, 
the charger, which is just like a, a stand for you to hang the bracelet and have it um, charge overnight when you're not wearing it. And I went ahead and downloaded the e-rosary application. The app itself has uh, different methods of praying the rosary. It's Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed are thou amongst One of the things that I like about this bracelet is that to activate the prayer, all you have to do is hold it in your hand and do the sign of the cross on you, like forehead, chest, left shoulder, right shoulder. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and in the hour of our death. Amen. So it's daily prayers, the Pope's prayer intentions, and that the Pope's prayer intentions it's listed by month. For example, if you click on March 2020, it has as the first one um, Catholics in China. So we pray that the church in China may persevere in its faithfulness to the gospel and grow in unity. And then the next tab at the bottom is like the health tab. So it counts your steps, uh, your calories. It says that I took like a thousand steps already, which is pretty nice considering that I've just been in my apartment. The last tab has the profile, and that's where you can set up reminders to pray throughout the day. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses. I like having it on like I like looking down throughout my day and like seeing it on my wrist because it reminds me like I put it on for a reason and that reason is to pray the rosary every day so like it actually happened yesterday like I went the whole day and I kept thinking like oh I need to pray it I need to pray it and I was just like you know procrastinating and then like I decided to watch a movie instead of praying it so it does have a way of like making you feel guilty, at least for me personally. I felt guilty coming into the end of my day and taking it off to charge it and like realizing that I had gone an entire day with this constant reminder on my wrist to pray and that I actively chose not to pray. Like it's not like I forgot, you know? Call it Catholic guilt or whatever, but, I mean, it works. After Adriana was done testing the e-rosary, I gave her a call to follow up. So I wonder, now that you've used the e-rosary for a few days, do you feel like this device brought you closer to God or closer to your faith? I wouldn't necessarily say that it brought me closer to my faith, but it does allow me to incorporate this very significant prayer that I wasn't consistent with before in a way that I can incorporate it more consistently into my life. The new e-rosary is really meant to be geared towards young people. Um, there's actually this quote that I really like. Uh, as Vatican News put it, they said it's, quote, aimed at the peripheral frontiers of the digital world where the young people dwell. That's you, Adriana. <laughs> Generally speaking, do you think that the e-rosary will help young Catholics like you to be more engaged with the church and with their faith? I think it can happen. I think a lot of it has to come like intrinsically, like it has to be a desire that you have 
to seek ways that help you get closer to the church because that is a genuine um, desire that you have. Like if I didn't have a desire to want to pray the rosary every day, I could put on this bracelet on every morning and take it off every night and like without praying in between and not care about it because, hey, at least it's tracking my steps. So it's doing something. But if it's your goal to pray more, to have something that helps you pray more often uh, and kind of like keep track of how many rosaries you've said in the past week, like it's something that definitely helps you. Coming up after the break, the e-rosary might not be for everyone, but its combination of physical and spiritual fitness makes more sense than you might think. The Catholic Church actually has a long history of technological innovation. Hey, it's Tom Warren, Senior Editor at The Verge here. Microsoft is in an era-defining moment. It's betting on AI as the future of work, its Xbox business is going through transformational changes, and the Mac versus PC war is about to be back on. So, I'm launching a newsletter called Notepad. It'll be your inside guide to all those changes and beyond. From details on the next Xbox, to that one time every Microsoft employee named Michael appeared on a mysterious email list. Whatever is happening at Microsoft, you'll be able to read about it first in Notepad every Thursday. Go subscribe now at theverge.com forward slash notepad. To help make sense of the e-rosary in the broader context of the Catholic Church, I called up Brian Green. He is director of tech ethics at Santa Clara University, and he's also a Catholic. To me, as a person who's interested in religion and technology, the idea of being able to combine older types of traditions with something very, very new is exciting. There's there's something exciting about that. At the same time, I look at that and I say, I don't really think that's for me. I'm also curious about how we can see this fitting into the Vatican's broader agenda under Pope Francis specifically, because I know he's been very interested in the tech sector in the past few years. Um, wondering if you can talk a bit about some ways that he's shown that interest and Tell me a bit why you think the Pope is so into tech these days. So I think Pope Francis is aware of the fact that technology is one of the primary forces in the world right now. And he's also very aware that technology can be used for both good and bad purposes. So, for example, he has multiple uh, organizations within the Vatican, multiple departments, so to speak, that are working on artificial intelligence and the ethics around artificial intelligence and how AI is relevant to the Catholic Church and how it's relevant to human life, because there's a huge potential there for AI to help people. And at the same time, there's also a potential for abuse. The idea that AI is going to take away jobs and concentrate power very much in a few companies that have the ability to provide that AI. So I think he's very aware of the moral issues that are surrounding that. Um, and of course, they go far beyond that. They go all the way to lethal autonomous weapon systems and all, all those other sorts of things. I think that the e-rosary, on the other hand, is a very optimistic perspective of what technology might be able to do for people. We have these frightening uses of technology or these frightening side effects from technology. 
And we really could be promoting at the same time much more spiritual uses of technology. So I think this experimentation with the e-rosary is something that is not only an experiment to see what can this actually do within the church, but also something of a signpost, right? This is a direction that we could go in. Wouldn't it be interesting if we tried harder to follow this path and see what the positive spiritual uses are of technology and also what sort of good and ethical uses of technology are out there that we might not yet be aware of? Yeah, I want to probe some of the sources of discomfort around this device. It's sort of like a strange hybrid in a sense. You know, someone might also have concerns that maybe uh, having the same device that tracks your calories also be tracking your prayers. Like that might be kind of distracting or, or change your sort of user experience, if you will, as a Catholic a bit. It's a mixing of, of pieces of culture, right? And, and one of the, the things that, that people very often don't like is, is mixing these things together that don't seem to go together, right? So, um, and you can look at this in the Bible going all the way back to the Old Testament, right? There are passages that say, don't mix certain types of fabric with each other or yep. don't do these other sorts of mixing. At the same time, Catholicism is kind of an interesting religion because it's always been interested in taking ideas that it sees in the world and combining with them with each other in new ways. So clocks, for example, clocks were not integrated into Eastern Christianity. Eastern Christianity saw clocks as being something profane. They didn't belong in a sacred environment because fundamentally they were keeping track of time, something that was fundamental to this earth, but not something that was relevant to eternity. Whereas differently, Western Christianity saw the clock and saw something this is to remind us of our days, of our limitations of time, that we're finite. And this is something that you can put justifiably on the front of a church because it makes sense to, to remind yourself of your finitude and your, your inadequacy in a, in a very fundamental sense before eternity. And so these sorts of technological objects can be considered very profane in some ways and very sacred in others. And because of that, that uh, dichotomy or that polarization between the sacred and the profane, I think that's one of the reasons that it can really raise um, a, a strong reaction from from various people. But in a sense, like the rosary, the traditional analog rosary, if you will, it's always been sort of a tracking technology in its own right, uh, because people have been using prayer beads for centuries and centuries to keep track of their prayers. So in a sense, it feels like maybe an e-rosary isn't all that different. It's just kind of a new tracking technology. So that's that's interesting. And I think that uh, you have you definitely have a point there. The whole point of the beads and having them numbered as they are is that you can follow along and make sure that you're keeping track of your prayers. And, and so in this case, if you look at the e-rosary, it's just taking what's already there and taking it to the next level and making it electronic, tracking it on a computer on the other hand, it's a different sort of tracking, right? When a person is praying the rosary and holding an individual bead, that's there for their own sake, right? It's not being tracked. It's not being recorded. Mm. Um, it's a, kind of a direct relationship between them and God, right? Mm -hmm. um, and and putting this piece of technology in between the two of them, this this piece of electronics in the form of the smartphone and the app, it's a question of whether it's getting in the way, right? Is this something that really needs to be there? Or is it just a, an extra that's superfluous and getting in the way of the relationship between the individual and God? 
One thing that strikes me that's interesting about this e-rosary is that, you know, it tracks physical fitness. So how many steps you walk, how many calories you burned, uh, as well as what you might call spiritual fitness. Uh, you know, it reminds you to pray regularly and so on. Um, can you talk a bit about this notion of spiritual fitness within Catholicism broadly, like this notion that, you know, you might have some sort of almost exercise or, or health component for your soul, just like you have for your body? That's actually, I think, one of the more interesting things about the e-rosary is that it highlights this connection between spiritual fitness and physical fitness that has a very long history in the Catholic Church. Uh, for example, when pilgrims were walking to shrines, this idea of walking and integrating that that uh, physical activity along with prayer is something that goes very, very far back, centuries, if not millennia. It's interesting that it's sort of, you know, you're saying it harkens back to this history within the Catholic Church of the soul and the body kind of exercising together, but also the fact that it's uh, allowing you to have this sort of mobile prayer experience is really maybe well attuned to our modern times where people are just constantly on the go, like driving to pick up their kids or, you know, running to work or whatever. And, you know, maybe they don't have time to sit quietly in their room for half an hour and do this, but they might be able to sort of do it for a little bit while they're already on the go. Yes, I think that is an interesting aspect of it also. The idea that if you can't find the time, if you have to cut off what you're praying at a certain period of time, uh, then it'll at least remember where you were, right? So you can hopefully pick up at that point. However, at the same time, this might be diminishing the, the quality of the prayer, right? Because it's breaking it up into smaller pieces or fragmenting it or integrating it with other distractions. So I think it's a genuine question as to whether... This is the same sort of prayer. Ultimately, it's a little bit different. It's been changed. So, Brian, my last question for you is, uh, you sound generally pretty optimistic about experimentation like the e-rosary. So would you consider wearing one? I would be willing to do that. I'm not sure I'd be willing to pay a $100 <laughs> plus for it. <laughs> That's fair. But... Yeah, I'm, I mean, I think there's still a question there. Would it, is the technology helping you? Is it assisting the spiritual life or is it getting in the way? And I think that could, I could easily see how that could vary between different people and different cultural contexts. So once again, I think that that's why it's worth conducting the experiment, right? And in a certain sense, every new technological product that comes out that tries to get people to buy it is running an experiment. And so the, this experiment is, will people like this idea? And if it doesn't work out, then you can change it or try something else. Brian Green is the director of tech ethics at Santa Clara University. This is Reset, and I'm Sigal Samuel. If you want to follow me on Twitter, you can find me at Sigal Samuel. You can also reach the Reset team by emailing reset at vox.com. We publish episodes three times a week on Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Sundays. So if you haven't already, come on, subscribe to the pod. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or in your favorite podcast app. And if you like what you hear, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It really helps. Skylar Swenson, Will Reed, and Anthony Green produce the show. Our engineer is Eric Gomez. Golda Arthur is our executive producer. Daniel Marcus is our intern. Liz Kelly Nelson is the editorial director of Vox Podcasts. And the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder composed our theme music. Reset is produced in association with Stitcher. And we're part of the Vox Media Podcast Network. Ariel is back next week. Yay! Stay tuned. And for now, 
Later, nerds. Claude 3 from Anthropic is your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. With models at every point of the price-performance curve, you no longer have to make trade-offs between intelligence, speed, and cost. Claude 3 Opus sets new industry benchmarks for intelligence. Sonnet strikes the perfect balance between skill and speed. And Haiku is the fastest and lowest-cost model on the market, perfectly designed for high-volume, high-speed use cases. Join the thousands of enterprises who use Anthropic to navigate this new frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude, C-L-A-U-D-E, today. Jumpstart your genius with Claude 3 by Anthropic. Anthropic.